So we think that's a really important distinction, and, and we think it's why a big part of why you know people gravitate towards this. They don't even realize it, but it's just kind of getting them in tune, aligning their chakras, uh, if you will. That's Jim Law from Biocharger, and you're listening to the Lifestylist Podcast. What's happening? I'm Luke Story. I'm your host today for episode 361 of the Lifestylist Podcast, Cosmic Energy, Magnetism, and Frequency-Focused Transcendence with the Biocharger, featuring three guests, the whole executive team from Biocharger, Jim Gerard, the inventor of the Biocharger, Jim Law, the CEO and co-founder, and Colin Bester, the other co-founder. And today's episode is made possible with support from Bioptimizers, Blue Blocks, and Body Bio. You'll learn more about all three of them during the episode. If you follow me on Instagram, at Luke Story, which you might as well just do now, that's at Luke Story, S-T-O-R-E-Y, you can watch all of the interviews I do in real time on IG Live. So give me a follow. If you had already done so, you could have seen this very episode live stream there with the biocharger in action. Now, I've had the biocharger at home for a couple of years now, and out of all the technologies I use to support my health and raise my consciousness, it's definitely at the top of my list, which is why I wanted to share some of the deep science and inspiration behind it with you today. It really is a mind-blowing invention and one that I've used to support so many friends, family members, and even our pets over the years. In fact, today I met my friend Michael Swain, who's the founder of an incredible place here in Austin called Alive and Well, over at our house where the biocharger is sitting covered in the garage with the rest of our stuff in storage. And I took Michael on a journey today and he was uh, impressed to say the least. And that's really the reaction I get anytime I sit someone in front of this device and fire it up. It's uh, very powerful and very interesting. And in many ways, kind of hard to understand, which is why I wanted to have a dedicated episode again about it today. I get so many questions about the biocharger when I post it on social media. So I concluded that the best thing to do was just to have the guys back on to explain it all in detail. For those of you watching this interview on YouTube, you will see that we actually had a biocharger recipe running in the room during the interview, and it created a field so powerful that our Facebook and IG live feeds were actually knocked out. It's the funny thing about the biocharger. You can't have technology too close to it or it all goes wonky because this thing's putting off so much energy. Right now, I'll let you know that if by the end of the show, you want to look into getting a biocharger for your home or a healing center or clinic, you can go to biocharger.com slash Luke. And if you use the code there, these guys are giving you 500 bucks off. That's biocharger.com slash Luke. Okay, here's a partial episode breakdown. We talk about the moment Jim Gerard, the inventor, discovered Nikola Tesla's work and how it inspired him to start creating the biocharger. The basis of Tesla coils and violet ray devices, Royal Rife, Rife machines, and some of the practical limits of that technology how Rife-style frequencies help support the body's healing and detox, whether or not there is any scientific evidence of frequencies that neutralize harmful viruses, bacteria, or parasites, the history of Lakovsky and his multi-wave oscillator. We also discuss the work of Alexander Gerwich and a phenomenon he called mitogenic radiation, which was proven to stimulate cellular mitochondria. We also talk about the biocharger mitochondria support recipes. The first biocharger Jim Gerard built in the 90s and the attention it gained from people in the neighborhood when lightning bolts were shooting out of his garage, 
how the biocharger helps with energy, sleep, jet lag, and physical recovery. We also break down the four cosmic energy technologies used in the biocharger. And then we break down cellular voltage and how it relates to physical health, how non-native EMF opens the gated calcium channel in our cells in an unnatural way versus how the alternating current in the biocharger does it, the purpose of the noble gas elements in the biocharger, how to be more resilient to geopathic stress, how the biocharger recipes were created, my favorite recipes as well as the favorite recipes of the three founders, Then we talk about my personal favorite recipe, the pineal experience and its effect on that very special gland and how you can find local practitioners to experience the biocharger yourself. And finally, some books you can read to learn more about the history of each of the technologies used in this device. Okay, that's a good prep to get you all jazzed up for a mind-blowing deep dive into the biocharger. Thank you so much for tuning in and enjoy the ride. For your safety, please keep your hands and feet inside the vehicle at all times. Enjoy the show. All right, guys, here we are with the Trifecta team from Biocharger. Really excited to sit down with you two again. It's been a couple years and we've got our new friend Colin here who wasn't with us last time we recorded. Uh, to give the audience some background, uh, we've got two Jims here. We've got Jim Gerard and Jim Law. I might use your initials throughout the interview when I ask you something, just so people know the difference. But we met a couple years back, God, it's almost four years ago, at a Tony Robbins event in Florida and recorded a podcast there. And I want everyone to know you can find a lot of their backstory on that episode in the interest of having three people here and wanting to just dive into the technology hardcore today, I'm just going to advise people go back to that episode. We'll put it in the show notes. Uh, But man, you guys have really blown up since I last talked to you, at least in the world of health and wellness and biohacking and stuff like that. It's been really cool to see your meteoric rise to popularity in in my circles. Just about everyone I talk to now knows about the biocharger and... uh, when I first interviewed you guys, no one I knew personally knew what it was. It was just, it was on my, sh- my like Santa's shopping list mm-hmm. of someday I'm going to get one of those things. And now I have one. Fortunately, it's in my garage uh, for the renovations. Covered, I might add, but it's great to see you guys again. Great to be here. So let's just start out with the three of you just introducing yourself uh, and what your role is with Biocharger. You want to start, Jim sure, Law? Sure, I'm, I'm Jim Law, and I'm a co-founder and the CEO of Advanced Biotechnologies, home of the Biocharger. And, uh, you know, uh, with my two partners here, um, uh, you know, we started the company about six years ago, and uh, it's been an a, a amazing journey and continues to be. Awesome. All right, what about you, Colin? Yeah, I'm, I'm Colin Bester. Um, I look after the technology, hardware, software um, you know, working with the team to build the architecture, kind of along the lines of what a Tesla have done today. You know, if you had the facilities of what we've got out here, um, yeah. To me, yeah, this is just a blast. It, you know, literally, it's been fun. Awesome. Well, you must be doing a good job because I've used the shit out of my biocharger for the past couple of years. We know. We can tell. It's, oh, yeah. You guys see me on the back end of the cloud, huh? You probably noticed it dropped off about three months ago to zero. You're like, what happened? You got bored of it? No, to the contrary. But honestly, it's one of the few pieces of high technology that I've had over the years that literally has never had any problems. Super to you. Yeah, it's amazing. With the exception of 
me not having enough Wi-Fi to get to it, to mm -hmm. update the software. And then I just ran an Ethernet cable. By the way, thank you for putting an Ethernet cable in the back of it. A lot of people don't do that. Mm -hmm. And then you rely on Wi-Fi, which is not always reliable. Or if you're like me, you don't even want Wi-Fi on in the house. So thank you for hardwiring it. All right, Jim Gerard. Yeah, I, my name is Jim Gerard, and I do research and testing. Um, uh, I began experimenting with the uh, subtle energy technology back in 1988 and have been doing research pretty much ever since. So you're an OG when it comes to this type of technology, to say the least. Um, I guess, Jim Gerard, tell us about the moment that you first discovered Nikola Tesla's work at this organic farming expo. Yeah, that was a, a, a surprising or, uh, for me, just because going to an organic farm convention, you wouldn't really think about subtle energies in Nikola Tesla. But uh, uh, I came across his work and I was just really fascinated about the story, you know, and that's for me, that's the 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 curiosity behind trying to understand some of the stuff that's going on and you know reading the folklores and stories you know piqued my interest and uh, drove me to just start experimenting with all sorts of different sizes dimensions coils shapes geometries anything that i felt i'd like would want to try to build i'd just work on and uh, through this process i started coming across all these other researchers and that's what led me into the subtle energy field of healing so tesla wasn't really you know, a, a big part of his work, his legacy is about with the healing, but his main work was all about power transmission. So um, reading later on about uh, Georges Lahosky and Royal Rife uh, really, really piqued my interest in this whole field of subtle energy and the possible benefits with it. And reading about some of the folklores and the stories and the uh, success rates that they had um, and just really finding out what, let's put the rubber where the you know, tire hits the road there. So trying to figure out um, the technology and then leading it from there. When you were at this, uh, this farming conference, did you just, were you just chatting with someone there or was someone doing well, an ex exhibition of some kind or how well, did that the first happen? thing that popped up was they, they talked about the uh, Philadelphia experiment. So it was the movie Philadelphia experiment that came out and they talked a little bit about the story and somebody had mentioned something about Nikola Tesla and then starting to walk around and seeing some of the things set up. They started applying some of the radionics and subtle energies towards health and healing. But it was just really just who is this guy, Nikola Tesla? And then afterwards going back home and reading, you know, back then it was going to the library and things like that, you know, ordering books, not just pulling things up off the internet. Uh, and then just reading about all these different stories that just, made me really wonder, you know, about possibility. You know, back at turn of last century, the world was full of possibility. I mean, there were so many new technologies were coming out. And, you know, now we just feel like it's almost everything's been invented. You know, there's nothing new under the sun. And, uh, but you hear some of these stories back then, it just really, I thought was the driving force for me is, you know, is it real? And you were having some autoimmune issues, al I, alopecia said, or something? So I had alopecia. So part of what inspired me to go to the organic farm convention was uh, I had an, a fertile, uh, landscaping company and I was exposed to a bunch of pesticides. So I started coming down with alopecia. I was pretty young, 20, 21 years old, started getting big spots on the side of my hair where hair fell out or I had hair fallen out. And uh, 
Uh, so I look at my diet and lifestyle, and okay, that's probably it. And I want the environmental, and as we all know about Monsanto and uh, Roundup and things like that, that uh, there have been issues with it. And I felt that that was probably where it was coming from, and that's what drove me to go to an organic farm convention. There's a subsequent, we did buy a bunch of fertilizer there, and I started putting it down on the lawns. But that was sort of more, then more of a hobby. My peak interest had been, at that point, Tesla. And what year was it when you first started tinkering around in your garage and came up with the first iteration of an energy technology like this? 1987, 1988. So you've been exposed. And for those watching in the YouTube video, you can obviously see we actually have a biocharger here in the shot, which is running. It's extremely powerful. I'm thankful it's not frying our microphones because sometimes electronics act funny. So you've been around these kind of energies for that long, you know, developing these things and having these things going on, you look to be perfectly healthy. So that would indicate to me, um, most of what you've been doing appears to be safe. And also you've got more hair than I do at the moment. <laughs> so you must've figured out the alopecia thing too. Yeah. Have you, in your tinkerings, have you ever had anything happen that was a big whoops? Like, have you ever blown up the garage or, you know, had any situations in which it got potentially dangerous for you, you know, working on stuff, tinkering around, or have yeah, you just yeah, well, kind so, of... Well, early on, I, I knew nothing about electricity. It was more of just this curiosity. There were a couple of times that uh, I was doing things that probably weren't the right things to do, and I had gotten shocked a few times. I started getting into the big coils at that point. So I was into, I was trying to build the big Tesla spark. So I was more into, you know, I had a four, four foot coil, eight feet tall, oh shoot God. 10 foot lightning discharges, running you know, big telephone pole transformers off of it. Uh, did not have it totally shut down and was doing some adjustments. I did get a few shocks on it that way. But uh, yeah, for me, it's just been uh, just building, you know, just that idea of curiosity. And I tried all sorts of different coils. I tried cylindrical coils. I tried conical coils, made a coil out of pyramid, you know, wrapping it out in the shape of a pyramid, did double-ended open coils. I mean, just anything that uh, sought my fancy, uh, tried to build different things. And then uh, then with, when I came across Lahosky's work, then I started thinking more about the health side of it. You know, the, up to that point, it was more into Tesla's wireless stuff that I was more interested in. But uh, then late 80s, early 90s, I started to first sell my first biochargers. So, uh, you know, it was an old archaic spark gap system. I was the first one to add the glass tubes to it. So actually got a, a, a patent in and around adding the multi-gas tubes, but it was a very antiquated system, but it worked really well. And it just confirmed all the different ideas that, uh, you know, the stories that we were hearing on, on the effectiveness. And pretty soon people were just coming all over using it. And it was a, for me, it was a really exciting time at that point, just because, um, you start to see the results from it. You know, you start to hear the stories, you know, you start to hear the, you know, somebody recovering really quickly from a, a, a broken bone and then, uh, you know, Epstein Barr. I mean, then people just started coming to me with all these different uh, stories. I mean, and, you know, they're all anecdotal. What do you say about it? But there was just a major attraction to it. And the area I was living in Montana was pretty open to it. They were aware of Nikola Tesla. They were aware of Royal Rife. They were aware of George Olahosky. So they sort of gravitated to it. And when they started to see what was actually going on, I mean, I think that that helped build that momentum. Break down for us what a Tesla coil is. I think a lot of people 
throw around the word Tesla and kind of cite, I mean, I'm not even talking about the car company and the space guy, but uh, people kind of throw around the Tesla coil thing. And I, I don't think many people, including myself, know exactly what it is. Give us the kind of rudimentary breakdown of what the coil actually is. So it's a resonant transformer. So essentially, internally in the, in the unit, whether it's the spark gap, a vacuum tube, or like the biochargers today, a solid state, there's this LC circuits, inductor capacitor circuit. So what happens is, is that the capacitors build up a charge and they do discharge and it creates this very strong magnetic field. So if you've ever seen the, some of the PEMF systems out uh, today, they, they sometimes work on that basis of that LC circuit. So it produces a very strong magnetic field, but then there's this column in the middle, the secondary coil, uh, that has a certain resonance to it. And when you time the pulsing of it, through the resonant frequency of the secondary, you get a large spark from it. So there's a tuning process that's involved that's uh, in building Tesla coils. It's you know, part of the art behind it. And uh, um, you know, when, once you understand that part and how you deal with the tuning of it, then there's, then there's certain adjustments that you make and you know, everything starts to work with it. And uh, um, there's a lot of advantages with the Tesla coil you get. You get a magnetic field, you get this electric field uh, with that high voltage. And that was really the basis of what Lahosky's work was all about, was utilizing a Tesla coil, and then he had these special antennas that he would broadcast this wide spectrum of frequencies and harmonics. So really, no matter what it is, it's a radio transmitter. Um, and depending on how it's made, you can generate hundreds of thousands of different harmonics and frequencies and change it. So uh, what we created with the biocharger today is the ability to be able to create that variable frequencies and harmonics. So the uh, old spark gap systems would only generate this one set that is beneficial, but you can't really vary it. So um, one of the ideas that I wanted to create and the involvement of it is to create that variable frequencies and harmonics, which is what Royal Rife discovered. So part of this process that I'm going through and learning about Tesla's work and Lahofsky's work, I came across Royal Rife's work, which is sort of in that same realm of producing radio frequencies and harmonics, but uh, Rife utilized the shortwave radio instead of a Tesla coil. And I saw the advantages of the Tesla coil through Lahofsky's work of the magnetic field and the electric field uh, that you don't get with the, uh, uh, a shortwave radio. But what Rife discovered is being able to create variable frequencies and harmonics. And you know, many people in this arena think that the multi-wave oscillator is this frequencies and harmonic thing. It's called the multi-wave oscillator. Uh, but Rife was really more of that. And, you know, most people think of Rife as this frequency-specific guy, but if you actually measured it, he produced this wide spectrum of harmonics and frequencies, and he was able to vary it. And he came up with a really ingenious way of varying it, um, by which, um, you know, I like to compare it with music. So when you have two different notes, you generate harmonies or harmonics. And if you vary one of the notes, you generate different sets of harmonies or harmonics. What Rife discovered is you have this fixed carrier wave, which was a note, and then he had this pulsing frequency that he could vary it. And so as he varied that pulse frequency, he generated unique sets of harmonies or harmonics that followed known mathematical engineering principles. So as a result of that, we, we figured out a way we could actually calculate these harmonics and frequencies so we can actually generate virtually anything we want with it. Wow. God, that's wild. In today's world, one thing has become abundantly clear, and that is as a collective and as individuals, we could really be well served by learning how to manage our stress. 
In fact, according to the American Psychological Association, chronic stress is linked to the six leading causes of death. That's how serious it is. So as we see the world changing around us, it's more important than ever, in my opinion, that we learn how to adapt to stress. And one of the most important molecules in the world to help the body and mind alleviate and deal with stress is magnesium. Now, most people think stress is caused by things like work, traffic, tense relationships, politics, and all that stuff. So they focus on solutions like meditation, going to the spa, going to the gym, trying to chill out. I'm a fan of most of those things. But what if the root cause of much of the stress we experience has to do with the deficiency in magnesium? Magnesium is the body's master mineral. It's so powerful that it helps to regulate over 300 critical reactions in the body, including detoxification, fat metabolism, energy, stress, and even digestion is influenced by the presence of magnesium. So if there's one mineral you should make sure to include in your diet, it's magnesium. And it's very difficult to get an adequate level of magnesium in your diet due to the depletion of this mineral in our soils, etc. So that's why I'm really excited to tell you about a new magnesium product called Magnesium Breakthrough. It's the ultimate magnesium supplement, easily the best I've ever seen or experienced in all my years of geeking out on this stuff. It's got seven forms of magnesium, which is unheard of. So if you're ready to check it out, here's what you do. Go to buyoptimizers.com slash Luke. And once you get there, the product you're looking for is Magnesium Breakthrough. If you use the code LUKE10, you'll save 10%, but you can also save up to 40% off select packages of Magnesium Breakthrough. So again, go to buyoptimizers.com slash Luke. That's B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S, buyoptimizers.com slash Luke. So years ago, I got into biofeedback machines and PEMF and all of this stuff. And one of the things I came across, well, a couple different iterations of what people called a Rife machine. And these would be people that were, you know, terminally ill in really bad shape. And uh, maybe the owner would be a practitioner or oftentimes it'd just be a device that was passed around amongst friends. You could borrow it for a couple of days if someone was sick, stuff like that. But what I remember was like a PC computer, like a laptop that had software, I guess, with banks of these frequencies. And then you'd hold these two, uh, you know, gas-filled tubes in your hands and kind of felt a little tingly in your hand. And then you would look up in a book, basically, you know, which frequencies were for what. So if you had parasites or this or alopecia or whatever, there would be these banks of frequencies in there and then you would have to hold the tubes. Um, What's different about the biocharger in that you don't have to hold anything, you just sit in front of it? Like, I wouldn't want to actually grab those tubes. It looks like there's a lot of power coming off, as I've learned when I've touched it and gotten a little shock. Sure. Well, I mean, as you mentioned, there's a lot of different uh, ripe machines that are out there. Um, if you look at the real original ripe machines, it was more of a radiated device that you sat near. Ah, got Some it. of them were a little bit uh, more offshoot, but still, the, the idea that you were mentioning about analog. So, uh, when I met Colin in the gym, I was that analog guy. I was that guy sitting down with the knob. I was adjusting the knobs on this old vacuum tube type system. And that's where Colin came into the picture that really made that big jump, that big breakthrough of being able to create the recipes and be able to you know digitally control everything that we're doing and make it so it's just very easy to use. You're not going through a book and looking for all the different frequencies that you want to run. We, we create the recipes and you just hit the button and off it goes. And 
that's what really made the difference. Because when I first started doing the Rife stuff in the 90s, that was the big problem with it. It was just so cumbersome to operate. And uh, even when I got into the 2012-13, when I finally made that jump from spark gap to vacuum tube that allowed me to do all that, I was still in the, you know, the Flintstone age as far as I'm concerned, you know? So Colin was one that was just like, you know, this is the way we want to do it. And we created this awesome team that would, uh, you know, get us there. So Colin, what was the process like of moving out of the Flintstonian technology that he described where everything was manually entered in the user interface versus what you have now? And I'll just maybe describe that, you know, as the end consumer, what it looks like for me. So I have the device there's a touch screen on the device, which our viewers of the video can obviously see. And then I'll go in the back end and log in to my, you know, my account Locked for the account. device, right? And then I'll go in and just pick all these different sets of frequencies mm -hmm. and then program them into my biocharger mm -hmm. so that they're readily available mm -hmm. uh, for what I want to work on. I might want more energy or help with sleep or a meditation, pineal, theta kind of thing. I, I mean, I use a wide variety of them, but what was your role and kind of what were some of the hurdles in taking this technology to the next level and, and integrating the software? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah great question. And I, yeah, I won't deny it was scary. Yeah, for me, um, I, I would say yeah, keeping in the energy theme, I'm, my feet are pretty grounded. You know, so it's, it took a lot of opening, you know, to think of this, you know, being in a different slide. Um, it, it was definitely a challenging project because Firstly, as an engineer, you know, you are trained to design products that don't emit noise. No, noise is the enemy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, and, and yeah, you got, yeah, you got JG, I tell you, I, I want 1,000 amps, I want 700,000 volts, I want noise, yeah, but controlled noise in, in a controlled way. Um, yeah, so I come from a background where basically walking out of school, um, I've always been involved in energy some way or other, more transmission of electrical and metering, yeah, uh, but still energy related. Um, so, so there's always a, a fascination. Um, the person I actually worked with at the time, him and I eventually became partners in business. He introduced me to the book, The Body Electric. Ah, um, yeah. And that's, and that's where the seed started. Um, kind of lay dormant for a while, you know, life just gets in the way. But there was, <clears throat> sorry, there was always that nagging thing, yeah. Um, what, what else can you be doing in life, yeah, just, just do better things. Um, and that's, you know, it, it fast forward, you know, to like six years ago, when I went up to Cape Cod to look at it, and I, I realized, you know, with, from JG's stories, there's been a lot of experimentation. Um, I've blown enough things up myself to know that there's lessons to learn in that. You know, it's not mistakes. Those are education fees you know, that, that you pay. Um, and, you know, to me, the, I think one of the biggest challenges we had is generally when you're designing a product, you're designing for a consumer. You're designing for an age group of people. Yeah, we're designing for something from your fairly young to fairly old, technical, non-technical. Um, yeah, so how do you create a product that can be used with such a broad spectrum of people? And there's with everything, there's pros and cons. There's give and take in, in, in such a solution. So it, it took a lot of whiteboarding, you know, to come up there. A lot of discussions, um, a lot of JG's experiments. He didn't talk about burning down the barn, but, but I believe we're not meant to. <laughs> oh, I skipped over that <laughs> yeah. one. Don't burn down this barn. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. this is a really beautiful barn we're in. Those on video yeah. can, can see that. You know, so those are powerful lessons, you know, of, of where were the failure rates? And that's what we looked at first, you know, um, um, where were the problems? And like, and like JG mentioned, you know, tuning the knobs, and that is fine. You can get there. 
The problem is that setting doesn't stay constant. You move the device, the humidity changes, the temperature changes, that all affects the calibration. And if you look at the, you know, the older spark back, the spark gap technology, you always had to recalibrate. You always had to do something with the coil and you know, readjust. So one of the things we wanted was a self-calibrating. Didn't know how to do it, um, but we, we knew we wanted something that could you know, self-calibrate and maintain itself. We didn't want someone to have to send it in every year to be calibrated. Um, we knew that it's important that the device has a long lifetime. We want upgrading. We want to be able to do features. And I think the most important thing, and I've always lived by this in, in design, um, for a successful design, you have to design for the unknowns of tomorrow. And this is a prime example. You know, if, if we had gone back six years to look now, I mean, this was the unknowns, you know, of where it is. And even if we look at, you know, the growth in the different areas, I think if we go back six years, it was different. You know, so it's, it's that typical thing of, you know, tacking, you know, to, to follow where the market is. Um, and then also listening to JG, you know, what would you like? You know, if, if you could forget how, what would you like? And, you know, one of the things that JG mentioned was, um, can we get rid of the hum? So my question is, what hum? He says, oh, I can hear the 60 hertz. I can't hear the 60 hertz. Really? Yeah. You um, couldn't hear it? No, I couldn't hear it, no. Is the, sorry to interrupt, but mm. is the 60 hertz uh, that you're hearing, JG, <laughs> I like that JG, helps me differentiate mm. when I when I get over to Jim mm. Law. Don't worry, we're getting to you. <laughs> so we're hearing this, you know, the different frequencies that come out of the, of the uh, what's the thing on the top called? The, the, arc, rod, the arc rod? The arc rod, yeah. But you're talking about you could just hear a hum of the electricity in it before? Well, what it was is the way it was designed before. Mm -hmm. So we actually did some changes in the power supply, and I think that that's part of our intellectual That, that was property. the big thing, ah, okay. yeah. yeah. So, so you've got the 60 hertz coming in, and you're transforming that, you're switching that, but you've always got the 60 hertz carrier running. Got it. And if you listen to a lot of, especially the older ones, and you listen, I'm told, um, when you, I'm deaf to it, you, you can hear the slow modulation. You know, so Got Dad, you it. said, as soon as you hit the 60 hertz or the 120 yeah. hertz, I would hear the different. Yeah. You'd hear it start to cycle up and down. And then it's just, a, yeah, it's just that amplitude is modulating. So when the device is on now, are we st are we getting blasted with 60 no. hertz? No, no we no. filtered that no. completely. But he wanted wow. it out. He wanted Smart. it out. Thank you for doing that. So, you know, so it was tremendous effort put into how, to, you know, just from a technology point of view and reliability being the most important. How do we get this this power supply super super smooth? Um, and the effort that we went there, you know, to be honest, there was no expense spared. Uh, I was told we want it smooth, yeah. So we got it smooth, and then we chop it up, you know, to do the controlling we want. So um, that was a big breakthrough on how we generate those voltages, how we switch them, how we control it, um, and yeah, that's proven to be successful. It's a very clean. Sure. Um, yeah, note that you know, comes off the device. So, it is, yeah. yeah. And when you were in your former engineering work, mm -hmm. uh, you mentioned that you were a bit more fixed mm -hmm. in your understanding of things. Was mm -hmm. the body electric really the turning point for you? That that book, I mean, I know uh, that book uh, is mentioned so everywhere, much. Everywhere, yeah. Um, you know, it, it, what it showed me was there's something more. There's something else. And, you know, to me, I looked at these doctors that were trying these different things and I thought, yeah, you're writing a book, and what they're doing is so simple. Um, they just don't have them. You know, it's simple to someone who knows. You know, to someone who doesn't know, it's not necessarily simple. Um, but yeah, what what can you bring to the table? Understanding that technology, understanding you know that side of of the world, not knowing that you can apply it there. I mean, that that, that was a different field for me. Um, 
and you know so so for me i've i've always i've loved the technology i love learning i kind of like the battle too you know that's well that's that's kind of weird to me you know so for me it's been a path it's been a journey um, and so now that the 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 hardware is very stable mm-hmm. and reliable then because you set it up with the future in mind, now mm-hmm. anything that you guys want to do can essentially be done through updating the software. Yeah, there's, there's, there's firmware updates, um, and then there's obviously the recipe updates. You know, as, right. Um, and, and we tweak them as well. Like in the beginning, as an example, on the recipes, and this is just ignorance. You, you know, we were we focused on specific things we wanted for the recipe. And you sit there and you, oh, this feels good. You've been calm, and oh, suddenly this is a big change. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's cares you. Or it kicks in so hard, or you're busy listening, and suddenly it's gone. Is the thing broken? You know what has happened? You know, so simple things like um, slow ramp in, slow ramp out. You know, little things like that just made those differences. And by having the ability to you know, change it on the fly, um, and then make it available, and you don't even have to go download it. It knows that you've got that recipe, and you know, it'll automatically go and fetch it for you. So that was a big part. You know, how do we keep yeah. this product alive, not knowing what tomorrow will be? You know, yeah, this is as simple as that. Yeah. Um, Jim, let me uh, ask you, Jim Law, we've already covered kind of your history and how you two met, which is a great story. Again, people go back and listen to the origin story in our first episode. Maybe since we're getting a little granular here, which is really like what I want to do, because I'm just so fascinated by this thing, but maybe give us a little bit of background on some of, I know, you know, you guys are always very respectful uh, of not making medical claims and you as the CEO or always the person kind of, you know, guiding the conversation. So, you know, like it cures cancer, you know? Um, But what are some of the kind of user case scenarios that you guys see typically? And, you know, while you can't say that it cures or heals and does all those things, which I'm sure my audience is very used to understanding, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are some of the benefits that people get from this technology that these two are starting to pick apart? Sure. Uh, one, one thing, if it's okay, I'd like to just back up on the technology. Yeah. So there's one other design factor that I think has made um, part of the reason that the biochargers is successful, and, and it took a lot of effort uh, on these guys' part. But having worked for Apple a number of years ago and, and uh, then with Steve Jobs at Next, one of the things that he always had as part of, you know, begin the design with the end user in mind. And he was, when we think about Apple products, he's really, you know, that, that legacy still continues. Um, but the reality is that uh, we have made it so the user experience, you don't want to be attached to anything. You talked about holding the tubes or feeling, you know, in some cases, people discomfort or, um, you know, having to exert yourself or, uh, you know, having the, um, you know, to have multiple people mm-hmm. share it at the same time. So we thought instead of a traditional medical or a therapeutic treatment, let's call it, because we're not a medical device, um, what can we do to make it as pleasurable as possible? And the, you know, the, the way that the biocharger has been designed and the way that they created the energies to be able to emit the way they do allows for that. So a you know, without touching, sitting there, having a conversation with someone else, four to six people can simultaneously be receiving the benefits of the biocharger, um, you know, in a 15-minute conversation and get up and then go do their thing. It's uh, So the end user experience is we get a lot of really good feedback on that. Um, the Kind of the problem that, that we're trying to solve and going back to the, you know, what are some of the benefits that people are getting for it that we see? 
Um, you and I were talking about this earlier. In January this year, the EPA released a study that showed that Americans spend 93% of their time indoors. Um, and, you know, not only do we feel better when we're outside, but, you know, now uh, the Yale School of Environmental has proven that you have to, you know, be outside to, or receive the energies that are, that are in, our, in nature in order to be healthy. And um, another stat that, that is pretty startling, at least to me, is that now um, six in 10 American adults have at least one form of chronic disease. And when we look at all of that and say, okay, we don't spend any time out in nature. Um, people are getting sicker. Uh, you know, there's biohacking, biotuning, hyper wealth, and all of these things. Why are, you know, why is the needle moving in the wrong direction, basically? And we think that it's the lack of exposure to those natural energy sources in nature. And that we're sitting in a, in a very you know, beautiful home right here, but we're basically blocked from any of those energy sources. And the only energy we're receiving, um, aside from the biocharger, are man-made energies that aren't, you know, as we know, aren't necessarily healthful. So going back to your original question, um, everybody can benefit some way from the biocharger because what we're essentially doing is, Jim can do a deep dive on this, as, as you well know. How'd you like to have to work with these two guys all the time? It's mean, just <laughs> be a lot of mental gymnastics I, I for, love to it. keep up. I love it, but I'm I'm tired at the end of the day after the time. But but the um, if you think about it, uh, all of us can use more energy, and at the cellular level, and you know, tenants work and voltage is healing. There's a lot of validation, scientific, uh, you know, medical studies done on the impact of voltage at the cellular level, and that. You know, the only way our bodies can heal is through regeneration, making new cells, two to three million new cells a second. Let's make sure they're healthy cells. And what Tenet, you know, identified is that all chronic disease have one common characteristic, which is inadequate cellular voltage. So we look at the biocharger and, and, and say, okay, if at the base level, at the cellular level, we're able to help provide something that your body needs that it lacks then your body can function the way that it's designed to. And so there's an overall wellness sense. Going back to who benefits, anyone can benefit from it. And the people that are, you know, living everyday life and just, you know, we have, you know, we don't have to look for stress. It finds us. And, you know, at the pace that we're going, you know, um, just our modern lifestyles are preventing our bodies from having a chance to recover. And that degrades your body and starting, you know, unhealthy cells, unhealthy body, right? So um, the idea of the recipes allow us not only to have a general wellness benefit where everyone can get uh, help get more energy, um, but now we can target specific desired outcomes and the, the idea of the recipes. Um, so the folks that are using those, I, I can give you, you know, we have, we have people in health and wellness centers that are obviously looking for uh, a way to feel better and whether to them that's so that they can go out and reach a new personal best or if they can go take a walk around the lake with their family. They, they want to improve and the, the biocharger has the ability to help them gain the next level and help them feel better. And uh, one of the things I like, um, we've been talking with the folks at Restore, um, hyper wellness and cryotherapy and they have a really good, 
um, approach. They talk about lifespan, but then they talk about health span. And, you know, the average life now, I think we live to 79. But the, you, you start getting really unhealthy about 16 years prior to that. And so how do you close that gap so that your lifespan and your health span are one? Um, and so things like the biochar and a lot of other complementary therapies can help you get there. And we think we're, we're really just getting started in that. But, um, you know, we've got super athletes. Um, you know, we've got, uh, in fact, uh, uh, I can't pronounce his name, but uh, just won the Tennis U.S. Open yesterday as a Jokovic. huge biocharger huge biocharger fan. Um, we've got um, uh, Bo, uh, Bodie Miller, you know, one of the world's best skiers, um, you know, men still holds a men's world downhill record. Uh, he goes and talks about it. And next thing you know, we've got um, the Arizona Diamondbacks calling us and wanting to use it. And just, just the word of mouth, people fall in love with the biocharger and tell others about it. And I wish I could say we have just, you know, outrageous marketing. I mean, we're pretty good, but it's really the fact that people get such a great experience like you. You've had it for four years now. You've, you know, you've benefited. We're sharing some of the benefits you have. Um, so it's kind of a, it just, it's a good way to, it's a good addition to your life. I've heard it called the, you know, make it part of your lifestyle, the biocharger lifestyle. Um, we can't really talk about, you know, you know, some of the specific cases, but I can tell you in general that, um, no one ever sends a biocharger back. We have a 45 day money back guarantee. We have since the day we started, no one ever sends them. Back. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> you know what? And to that, I'm thinking all these things are coming to mind as you talk. Cause it ha I can't believe it has been four years yeah. since I've had this thing. And since we first had our initial conversation, I've, I don't know how many people I've sat down next to my biocharger. It was kind of the centerpiece of my Zen Den back in LA mm -hmm. where I had, you know, the hyperbaric and the uh, infrared sauna and the cold plunge and all this stuff. So when people come over to podcast or hang out or whatever, I mean, it's like, what are you going to do? That thing's sitting there. You can't not turn it on. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking about it. I've never had one person sit there and go, meh. Yeah. I mean, like everyone notices the energy. In fact, I had one friend of mine who's a, a shaman uh, back home and I guess he's sensitive to energies and I turned it on and he started, <laughs> he started freaking out, you know? And he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He had to back up, you know? I'm like, I, I sit with my face right next to it, you know? I just love it, but... You know, then he kind of settled down. He's like, man, that thing is powerful. And I think that's, you know, speaks to your uh, comment about our natural relationship with these energies, these cosmic and these subtle energies uh, on earth and, and, and throughout the cosmos. This is something that we've been attuned to since the inception of human life, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I love that part of the message too, that I think at the root of what ails us mm -hmm. is that we're we're divorced from that. It's just never before in history, as as a human animal, uh, we've just isolated ourselves from these life supporting energies, and that's really the way I think about biohacking and all these technologies in general. Some people, you know, that are kind of just well, why don't you just eat an organic diet and everything will be fine? And I say, well, that that would have been fine ten thousand years ago, but we would have been outdoors all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. You would have fluctuations in temperature. You would have been exposed to the sunlight. There was no artificial blue light. 
you know, there's all of these sort of additions to our lives which have made them more convenient, you could say. Uh, but there's also a lot missing, you know, that's supportive of our biology. And to me, I don't know what other technology you'd want, really, but things that take something that exists in nature, mimic it authentically, and then amplify that. And I think this is a great example of that. You can go outside barefoot and you can you can get grounded. You can earth, right? You get those those electrons. Uh, <laughs> depending on where you are, I guess you might get a lot of other, you know, as you were mentioning, frequencies, EMFs, and things like that that you don't want. But this is like taking that grounding and amplifying it by a few thousand um, in magnitudes. Um, so yeah, I'm just I, I really agree with that particular perspective. You know, the, the, and the the key is authentically. So replicating those energies authentically and. The more you look at, and, and there's some great systems out there, uh, you know, that do light, uh, pulse electromagnetic fields, uh, frequencies, and voltage. There's just no system that combines the four of them into one platform. But when you look at how nature produces those energies, so there's 100 lightning strikes a second happening around the globe. Those are creating infinite, charging the atmosphere, but also creating infinite frequencies and harmonics. Those are exciting the inert noble gases in our atmosphere, part of the reason the sky is blue. It's the same energy our bodies need, and, and also in a pulsed state. So when you think about your pulse, you know, the way our systems work, our lymphatic system, all of that, ha it's not a constant state and our bodies aren't designed to run that. So some folks look and say, yeah, we, we offer light, we offer, you know, photonic energy, biomodulation, and then, you know, we'll go look at the, the system and it'll be hardwired. And not that you're not getting the benefit of it, but we're not hardwiring these, these plasma tubes. These are being excited the same way that nature does it by high voltage that's not hardwired, but that's actually being created in the atmosphere while it's creating harmony uh, frequencies and harmonics. So we think that's a really important distinction. And, and we think it's why a big part of why, you know, people gravitate towards this. They don't even realize it, but it's just kind of getting them in tune, aligning their chakras, uh, if you will. Yeah. Well, I think um, an interesting thing about different technologies is how animals respond to them <laughs> very much and there's you know i mean i think my dog is biased because she just wants to be with me so sometimes i'm like oh she likes this thing and she just wants to be with me but if i'm not near the biocharger my dog still likes to be near it uh, same with i have a sauna space um sauna i just got here in texas and it's got um you know uh, incandescent near infrared red bulbs in it it's just incredible um, for that red light and also the sweating. And the dog and the cat now just love being in there. They just want to be next to that light. It's one of those things. It's just why animals like to sit in the sun. You know, they, there's something within our biology just as all living beings that senses, ooh, I want that. I want to get closer to that. I want more of that, which is really, uh, really fun to see. In fact, sometimes with my dog, I'm like, and maybe you guys could speak to this, but I'm like, I don't know. Am I like, I'll be sitting this close, maybe three feet away and my dog's sitting there and she's just lapping it up. And I think, I don't know, is it, is it too strong for her as a little 18 pound creature? But I guess her heart's beating just like mine is. Would, would there be any counter indications for smaller beings in the vicinity of this to your knowledge? No, no, I have a 15 and a 17 year old. I have a 15 year old golden retriever and a 17 year old Labradoodle. They biocharge with me constantly. 
they are active. They still run. They don't have joint pain. Really? Or anything At like that, that. Age? I mean, they're, they're cranking. They love this thing. And um, I can tell you one of the first, in fact, when, when we first were starting to talk about getting into this biocharger business, and Jim brought the original biocharger contraption over to my house. And I remember setting it up and I was doing a test, I, you know, before we started thinking about getting serious. I'm like, okay, I got to try this thing. But my dog did it with me. By the way, stares at me in the eyes the entire time that I'm biocharging. I mean, just, and doesn't do that anywhere. You know how the dogs will look at you, but I mean, just fixate. And she, um, this is the, the Labradoodle, had a growth on her eye. And they're saying, yeah, you got to have that thing removed. Uh, we're going to have to put her on, under to do that. And uh, I just kept kicking the can out. And about three weeks after we started using this, I noticed that it was like changing and then it hardened up and then it fell off. I'm like, okay. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. And it's almost like she knew, you know, I'm, I'm getting yeah. out there, but yeah, it's, yeah. They, they know. They come hey, in not, and not they wait out there for me. Yeah. As someone who's been, quite frankly, obsessed with different supplements and ways in which to improve my vitality and hopefully longevity for over two decades, I'm always shocked when I find something new. And that was the case with this product I recently discovered called Body Bio PC. This stuff is incredible. It's a unique full spectrum phospholipid complex with all the phospholipids that make up the cell membrane. Here's why that's important. It heals and repairs the cell membrane from damage that toxins have caused. Because let's face it, no matter how healthy of a lifestyle you're living, if you're living in the modern world, you're exposed to a lot of crap. And your levels of lipids also decrease when you age. So when you're younger, this isn't so necessary. But as we get older, you definitely want to make sure you're getting proper lipids into your body. So increased levels help with better brain function, cognition, memory, liver support, microbiome support, skin health. Anywhere in your body where there are cells, this complex helps. Body Bio PS is a highly concentrated full-spectrum phospholipid complex with PC, PS, PE, and PI. If you're a geek, you know what those mean. What makes this product different, and in my opinion, better than the other PCs on the market, is their unique extraction process. The nutrients are liposomal, so it doesn't get broken down during digestion, which ensures cellular delivery. So if these things are going to help the cell membrane, you want to make sure they get to the cells, right? PC lays an incredible foundation for health by addressing the health of your cells and your cell membrane, which is super important, as I said, in today's toxic world. PC enhances the free passage of food and energy into the cells while gently escorting the waste out. By doing so, it works to enhance the process of metabolism within the cell. So supplementation with the Body Bio PC is something that's become part of my morning routine. I'll take it in the capsules or even in the bottle. This morning, I took a huge swig of it because my brain, quite frankly, was feeling a little sluggish due to poor sleep last night. So Although this product has so many benefits, as I mentioned before, to me, it's really a brain food. Like my brain just lights up when I take this stuff. So if you want to check it out, I highly suggest that you do. Here's where you go. Go to bodybio.com. That's B-O-D-Y-B-I-O.com. And when you get over to that website, you can use the code Luke20 to save 20% off all their products. That's bodybio.com. What you're looking for there as your first order would be the Body Bio PC. The challenging thing I find with 
different technologies and supplements and anything that is geared toward health is that because of the FDA laws around making medical claims when you don't have a medically approved device, they're really prohibitive because it's very difficult to dance around some of the anecdotal stories. I mean, I know people that use the biocharger at clinics like uh, Dr. Har Hari out of the Transformational Healing Universe in LA. And I mean, he's got people with Lyme, cancer, MS, all that stuff, and they're in there biocharging all the time and people are improving. Yet, as the spokespeople for a company, you can't make claims like that. But I am wondering, oh, there's a deer out there. It's probably coming for the biocharger. What's heard the biocharger? <laughs> yeah, what's, what if it like started wandering toward us? Then I would really freak out. Fire it up, as you will. But there are, you know, throughout history with this type of technology, there are a lot of reports of them being used for a lot of chronic conditions and things like that. I mean, I know people, you know, have been using Rife machines, for example, in the alternative cancer treatment with much success. And there's a lot of documented, actually, not only anecdotal, but scientific evidence that speaks to these types of technologies. Um, so as much as I think from, you know, someone as Colin started out and that kind of linear way of thinking, some people might think of something like this, oh, energy technology, what's energy going to do? But there's a lot of history to this stuff. And I know Jim, you know, has studied a lot of this and um, JG that, that is. Um, and one of the things I came across when I was doing some studying on uh, Royal Rife and the Rife machines is that there seems to be some evidence that some frequencies have the ability to neutralize uh, harmful bacteria and uh, parasites and viruses and things like that. And I know you're not going to make a claim that the biocharger does that, but is there any solid evidence around this type of technology, specifically the frequencies in general, that indicates that it can be supportive in those ways in terms of detoxification, uh, this type of stuff? Well, I can speak to what they worked with with the pulse ultraviolet light in the field of bacteria and viruses for water purification. So that's very widely used right now in the fields of cleaning up water, whether it's high voltage. I mean, you, you get on the Google Analytics and start, or Google uh, Scholar and start looking up articles for water purification and high voltage, water, fear, water purification, ultraviolet light, all, you know, pulse frequencies. All these things have an impact on the bacteria and viruses and cleaning up water. Um, so... I don't want to make any you know, jumps or claims yeah. or anything else, but in the field of water purification, there's plenty of evidence that completely supports all that. They're, even in food processing, they have cold, cold sterilization where they're using high voltage and pulse frequencies to help sterilize our food and the way they're doing their uh, food processing and stuff now. So um, it's not like that this is woo-woo science. They're starting to apply this in so many different applications. Right. You know, and if you look at the four energy types, um, they all have. Uh, you know, National Institute of Health studies on the the benefits, health and wellness benefits. So, you know, it's it's not the biocharger; it's the energies that they produce can be researched and find a lot of really good health and wellness information. So, let's break down the different energies here. So, you've got a magnetic field that's generating from the bottom part of the device that's coming from the Tesla coil. Is that right? Well, from the primary coil of the Tesla coil. Okay. Okay. And then these tubes that we see uh, have inert noble gases in them that are invisible to the eye as we sit here now. But once it's turned on, that voltage then illuminates them like a, a fluorescent light would be illuminated. 
Were you going to interrupt? I was going to say, or just, uh, I, I've seen a lot of pictures lately of the aurora borealis and things like that. Okay. It's the same type of effect where the gases in the atmosphere get excited to fluorescent. Same thing in your sunsets, beautiful sunsets that you see sometimes are those gases in the atmosphere getting exciting and oh, cool. producing different colors. Yeah, because we've when these are all illuminated, I mean, you really have the whole visible light spectrum. I mean, you have like every color of the rainbow somewhere within mm-hmm. these vials. Um, so you've got those, then there's the voltage of an electric field, right? And then what's the fourth one? Frequencies and harmonics. Ah, okay. That's what I was wondering. So the frequencies that are programmed into the software, say I run the SATA uh, wave uh, recipe, just for example, are the frequencies and harmonics being carried by the magnetic field or by the electric field or by both? Like what's actually amplifying and transmitting those specific frequencies? Well, it's that interaction between the, that pulsed frequency and the carrier wave is what's actually generating the harmonics. So oh. it's the way you're pulsing it. So subsystems like the old spark gap system only was driven by 60 hertz. So there was this 60 hertz component that was mixed with this carrier wave that you would generate specific harmonics. Um, what Rife discovered what we were able to do with this is by just changing that pulse frequency is what generates those unique sets of harmonics and frequencies that we're generating. Oh, interesting. So it's not just like digital software of the frequency that's then being amplified. The amplification is actually what's creating the harmonic and the frequency. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, it's actually switching process. Yeah. yeah. So we're actually it. switching. Like if you're running, say, uh, 727 hertz, you're literally turning off and on the radio or the coil 727 times a second. Or if we go 50,000 hertz, we're literally turning it off and on at 50,000 times a second. So it's really, it's about that switching or that pulsing is what we're actually doing. And that pulsing just follows these known mathematical principles that you generate these harmonics that, you know, scale out based off of what frequency you're pulsing from. So is there a way to in terms of the frequencies, because this makes a sound, right? I mean, right now, for those in the video, we've got a cover on the arc rod there. Otherwise, it'd be going either that, 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 or wee, depending on how fast that frequency is. Is there a way to transmit musical tones and, and incorporate, this might be a question for you as the engineer, maybe you guys already heard of this or thought of it, but is there a way to actually make those sounds what you would want them to be? I know you guys have a gregarian chance you know recipe and things like that can we actually make it make tones that are pleasant to the ear that add an additional like fifth layer of audio uh audio healing or audio um you know um uh what healing is not the right word but you know what i'm trying to yeah, get yeah. at yeah it's the sound therapy sound therapy yeah, yeah. sound therapy thank you yeah yeah the fascinating thing is um as as the as the arc rod arcs you, you create this corona there's a plasma and just, just like thunder outside, when you, when you get that lightning bolt, burns the air, the air rushes in, that's your clap of thunder. Um, so, so by manipulating the frequencies we control to create that arc, um, we call it the plasma speaker. Oh, cool. Uh, yeah, just put a poetic license there. Um, and, and that allows us by modulating that, we are able to you know, generate these different frequencies by how rapidly we do it. And yeah, we've messed around with you know, some classical music, the bumblebee, um, I think some uh, you know, other heavy, you know, heavy beat music. From a 
the product has been designed from the start with that concept in mind. The challenge that we have is, you know, how do we want to use it? How do we integrate into the cloud? Um, you know, focusing on what we need to do today is the important thing for us. Um, but that ability to add the music, and if, if you look at the back of the device, um, you'll see there's an optical port. You know, so that's been allowed that you can actually bring that external music into your system. So when he said, you know, we plan for the future, yeah, there's there's hardware that we haven't even brought to market yet in there that will uh, enhance what you were just describing. Um, imagine hearing, you know, a lot of people know Tony Robbins. Imagine hearing him doing incantations through the arc rod of the biocharger while you're charging. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I've been to a, a ton of sound baths and stuff with healing bowls and this kind of stuff. Yep. And there, there's definitely something to be said for mm -hmm. the auditory frequencies, right? That entrainment. I mean, even, um, I, you know, the thing I use a lot is Nucom. I don't know if you guys sure. know Nucom. It's this uh, neuroacoustic software, and you're just listening to what sounds like just an innocent little song, and next thing you know, you're like, you know, just totally in the deepest meditation, and it's that that kind of entrainment that that audio has the ability mm -hmm. to do. But that said, I do find actually just sometimes when I'm, I do a lot of meditation. Meditation is probably like most of what I do around the biocharger, but there is something to be said for even the entrainment of the inherent frequencies mm -hmm. here, just the that 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 of some of the slower ones and that'll wind up you know even though i keep it covered usually so it's not super loud there still is kind of an element there where there's something in your brain that kind of attunes to the different mm -hmm. frequencies on that note if one is running uh one of the recipes i keep going to the theta one i think that's just the one i've probably used the most is there any um have you guys done any research or quantification of biological effects or in the case of the theta like is there a way to test with an eeg if someone is going into that entrainment um or are we do we just know that that frequency is the one that is the same as theta waves you get where i'm going with that well theta wave is more driven about sleep and okay. one of the things that we do notice is anyone who wears any of the uh fitness uh watches or whatever they or all know they all they all notice you could actually see measurably better sleep deeper sleep um so yeah definitely those recipes confirm that but uh um yeah that 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 is really the idea that we do see stuff like that especially the alpha beta theta waves um and then you know back back to the the music part too i i i find some benefit you know because that's one of the things i have been experimenting with the biocharger because we do have that feedback and to be able to use those different sounds and tones and things like that the music uh i think makes a big difference as well as uh, affirmations and things like that so sometimes i'll play affirmations where it's literally the corona discharge playing the affirmations and what's mo most powerful about it is it's just not the audio that you're hearing but because the way it's all set up the, everything, all the harmonics, all the frequencies carry the same melody that oh, goes wow. along with it. So you're anchoring it into all frequencies and all spectrums, the melody. And I think that, you know, that is going to be a very important upgrade that we're going to have for uh, the biocharger once that's released. That uh, the ability to play that music, I think, is an important part. Wow. Super cool. Yeah. I, I should have known you guys were already working on it. Um, let me see where I want to go with this. I have a ton of questions for you guys, and I want to make sure I don't leave anything out. 
Um, oh, I know what it was. Okay, so you you uh, on your site you mentioned this Alexander Wurtwich. Wurtwich? I don't know. Gershwitz. Yeah. Uh, okay, Gershwitz. There you yeah. go. And I'm just going to read something here. In 1922, this Russian biophysicist, Alexander Gershwitz, demonstrated an interesting optical phenomenon associated with cells, a a phenomenon he called mitogenic radiation. Based on his own work, Dr. Tom Bearden, a PhD nuclear engineer, stated that infrared Gershwitz radiation stimulated cellular mitochondria as the subcellular target responsible for the subsequent growth phenomenon which I found to be really interesting because you guys have a recipe on here for mitochondria support. In in a case like that, would the frequencies that are selected for that recipe be specifically targeted toward mitochondria or any of the other kind of research and um, science that's out there be a basis or for why you choose to put certain frequencies in any of the recipes? Yeah, well, science started to lay out all this stuff. So, you know, as you mentioned, that far infrared, infrared range, that's mostly driven from the molecular side. So, um, you know, starting in the early 1920s, physicists started looking at the atomic. So atoms literally vibrate at the speed of light. And how do we know that is we have different atoms or elements that are inside each tube that get excited to fluorescent and releases the photons of light or the light that we're seeing, and they have characteristics to it. And then when molecules, or atoms form molecules, now you have a different set of vibrations that are going on. And that's, you know, starting 10 gigahertz up through the infrared, far infrared range. And that's part of the reason why infrared, far infrared is so powerful is because uh, that's where on a molecular level, everything is vibrating. Cool. And what about, so in the, in the voltage, we're getting an electric field. And when you're exposed to certain types of EMF, they open this gadium, gated calcium channel in your cells, which in the case of you know living under a cell tower or something is not good because you have this influx of calcium into the cell. But is there a benefit to opening the cells in the same way if it's done by something that's more, I guess, biocompatible? Yeah, well, at the end of the day, it's how you deliver that. So, you know, man-made emfs are going to be continuous waves so what i mean by continuous is it's not pulsing off and on so if our power line was set up to be that way then our motors would be turning off and on all the time same thing with um uh communication you know we don't have that good connection then it doesn't work properly so those types of systems tend to be continuous waves and when they're continuous waves they create these reactive oxidative stresses um but it's been also proven that you take these pulse fields, you can take pulse EMF and actually create react or, uh, oxidate or um, antioxidants. Yeah, you reverse it. You, you can actually reverse it with it. Oh. So, so the pulsing is what's the key, is it allows the cell to go back to its natural resting position, whereas when you run things continuous, it's just literally an entrainment because you're not jumping off that that wagon where that's part of the reason why we're doing this pulsing and that's what nature does. So if you really think about what I consider the electric universe is, is just a series of pulses, lightning discharges, whether it's the hundred strikes here on earth or you go to these other planets that have these same type of stores, they're atmospheric storms that are generating harmonics and frequencies or the solar. We know how much uh, solar storms can interfere with us 92 million miles away. You know, we can have 
so powerful solar storms, it'll not only disrupt communication, but even power distribution and things. That's how much energy is out there. And when you look at that into the overall universe, you know, the, the outside our solar systems were the greatest source of this cosmic energy. So that's all a series of pulses. And that's what the driving force, I believe, in nature is. So I guess that's really the difference then, because I've had people, you know, I'm always testing stuff for EMF, especially products and things like that. A lot of health products have some negative, um, negative aspects in that they produce a lot of EMF. Sometimes the benefits outweigh, you know, whatever exposure you have. But I've had people ask me about the biocharger. What about the EMS? I want to put up a meter. I'm like, it's probably going to blow up your meter, right? Because there's just there's so much power coming off this. But I think that's really the distinction there is the pulsed, the pulsed waves mimicking what's in nature versus, as you said, like 60 hertz running around the walls of your house is just nonstop. So it doesn't give your biology a second or your cells, as you said, a second to kind of breathe and pause. That's very interesting. Well, also, when you look at the overall cosmic rays compared to natural or man-made EMFs, the man-made EMFs is actually just a fraction of what uh, nature is producing. Yeah, it's small in comparison. Very small. It's just being continuous is, is the challenge, is the issue. Right. Okay, that's interesting. And then in terms of the noble gases that are in here, uh, as I said, you know, they, they illuminate beautifully. And um, I think Jim Law was saying the noble gases, you know, that's why our sky is blue, because you have these gases that are being um, hit with this energy, this cosmic energy. For the benefits of the noble gases that are in the biocharger, do you have to have your eyes open or are they radiating a different type of energy as well? Or is it something that you optically want to see in order to benefit from that? Well, um, vitamin D, for instance, is absorbed through the skin, so it's not really going through the eyes. So if I go outside and shut my eyes and lay out in the sun, I'm going to get the vitamin D. So, you know, there's many different receptors in and around on the skin that has a, a sensitivity to the light, not just the eyes. But uh, will eyes open versus close? You know, that's, each one has their own preference. Some people like to sit and meditate and be quiet with it. Not to say that... Um, it's all going through the eyes at the same time with your eyes shut versus open. Uh, but the overall experience, as well as when you look at that whole spectrum. So when you look at the spectrum from zero to visible light that we're producing, that's literally quadrillions of frequencies. Visible light's just that little, little sliver of that spectrum. So it, even, even if you don't get that entire part of that spectrum, you got all these other frequencies that also have that impact and uh, benefit that goes along with it. So, um, but I, I think that there's a big part of it being absorbed through the skin. And I, Paulson, I think, also responds a little bit different than a, a continuous light. Um, so depending on how it's pulsed, that uh, affects on how much it can penetrate. So, Cool, cool. So in other words, uh, biocharger would be best suited uh, for someone naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it does work in a public setting. I guess it works a little bit better in a private. We'll, we'll, I mean, with we'll the, skip that podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. Okay, edit, edit. Um, well, I, I know that there definitely is something to the light that's emitted, and it's not just kind of the parlor trick of like, ooh, flashing lights. But I don't know if you guys saw this on social media, but a couple of years ago, I was doing these uh, workshops out in LA and a number of different places, and I would bring the biocharger and set it up in the middle of the room. And we do breath work and kundalini yoga and all this stuff. And I would turn on the, I think it was the theta that's like 45 mm -hmm. minutes long. Mm -hmm. And all the people around it, you know, within that kind of six foot radius, and there's people kind of on all sides of it. So a pretty big crowd, 
uh, they love the light. I mean, people just actually love to look mm -hmm. at it. There's something about it that just kind of, it's almost hypnotizing. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's mm -hmm. mesmerizing. I think, I think it's again, going back to what uh, Jim Law was saying, it's that there's something within our skins, you know, photoreceptors and our eyes that just wants that. It's like when you want to go out in the sun or you see this, um, as I was describing those beautiful red lights that my pets like to gravitate mm -hmm. toward, there's something in us that just knows that those photons are good for us. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know, so I think that's a really and and uh, you know, coming back to one of Jim's earlier comments, yeah, um, we could generate at, at a lot of cost. We could generate those frequencies natively of what's coming off a tube, but to me, what's fascinating, yeah, is you've got this Tesla coil. I think up carries about two hundred and forty kilohertz somewhere around there, and and we're switching it at the recipe frequencies, and what the plasma tubes are doing is they are transforming that two hundred forty four kilohertz carrier to the gigahertz carrier, which is the frequency of the light, um, you know, which is switching really fast. And then with the pulsing that we do, that off period is actually pretty long in comparison. You know, you may see it as a very short off, but in comparison to those wavelengths coming from the tube, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a very, very long period. So it's a pretty severely pulsed uh, high frequency, you know, that you're getting. And that's what you're getting from out there. Yeah. Oh, that's from the distant galaxies, from I mean, yeah. everywhere. That's so interesting. Yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. When the noble gases are illuminated, they are it's keeping the frequency of the They're light. keeping time, right? Because on yeah. the faster ones that are like, mm -hmm. then it just looks consistent. Yeah. But when you get down to that, 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 that yeah. the slower ones, you see them actually yeah. flashing. The, the red is red because it's running at the frequency of red. Wow. That's so trippy, man. I love that. I'm, I always wanted to ask you guys that particular question. So thank you. Uh, in terms of the recipes, maybe one of you guys could explain what recipes are, and then I want to get into a little bit of the kind of the menu of recipes and the different frequencies therein. The core of the recipe is we have four different things that we use. So we we, we control voltage, we or output, we control frequency, we call control duty cycle, and we control time. That's essential. That's the basis of a recipe. So the frequency we have a start frequency and a stop frequency. So you can make it the same frequency if you want, and you can just run one continuous frequency over time, or you can do narrow sweeps or wider sweeps. So the idea of having that start frequency and stop frequency drives how we want to do our sweeps if we even want to do a sweep at all. So that's really the, the, the basis of what a, a recipe is. And then uh, that's what one stage would be. So then there can be multiple stages with it. So we could say select a recipe of 727 hertz. And we may have a little uh, variance around it. So we may start, say, 726 to 727 hertz, where we may only increase it by 15 thousandths of a hertz over uh, a nine-minute period. And what will happen is you get these subsequent frequencies and harmonics that are all cl clumped together. That's more of your spe specific type of recipes um, So um, for specific outcomes. And then we also have other recipes that are more of the uh, wider sweeps. So, you know, we don't really have any specific frequency we're targeting, but we'll, we'll start to sweep at maybe 7 hertz and sweep it all the way up to 50,000 hertz. So we're constantly changing that, freak, that pulse frequency that we're creating that uh, more creates more of a random 
way of generating the harmonics and frequencies. So when you look at it spectrally over time, it's just a bunch of random points that are generated versus if I'm just slightly changing the frequency, then I'm only slightly changing the harmonics and it makes it everything look to be all clumped together over time. So that's really the differences and the clumping together would be more of your targeted versus your, your wider sweeps. Yeah, the wider you can think of being like a maintainer. Yeah. Got it, yeah. got it. And, that, and that's the one that we use for more of the, like the general wellness type of approaches. So we don't look for anything specific that we want to have as an outcome, but it's more of a general wellness. And, and who amongst you guys creates the recipes? How do you decide on which ones go into each recipe and how they get their name? For example, one of my favorites is the pineal experience. I just freaking love that one. And I use it a lot for breath work and meditation and... I don't know if it's activating my pineal gland or not, but I feel really good. But for example, one like that, how, how does one decide like what frequencies are going to go into it sure. and, and why is it named that, for example? So, so we have um, one of the things that, that early on we also uh, were very conscious about was, you know, not everyone understands all of this and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't be able to use it. So even though it's very easy to use, people are trying to use it for so many different things. How, you know, you can't just ship them a system and say, here's a thousand recipes. By the way, there's now 1,100 recipes. Good luck to you. So we have an optimization team. And the first part of that is just helping you get connected, get oriented, log into your MyCloud account. And so you've got everything up and running. Um, and then the second part of the optimization is really... Um, where we do um, an, an advanced consultation, essentially. So we have, um, you know, in, in this case, a nurse practitioner or naturopath who actually has a conversation with the end user client. And if it's a business, well, you know, we have a team that work on the businesses. But let's just say you're an end user and you've got, you know, four or five health and wellness objectives that you want to work with. Um, they'll actually go through and, and help identify a recipe plan um, to help gear, you know, your support recovery of those, those conditions or those desired goals. Um, the way the recipes are developed is that we've got researchers who actually, we've got, we've got clients that are practitioners and researchers around the world that are constantly experimenting and doing different things, but we are the gatekeeper. It's, you know, we need to vet every recipe before it, it's released. Um, and we have a team that do that. So they know how to, they know, you know, the ranges, what our um, guidelines are, and they make sure that, you know, we vet everything before it comes in. And if we're creating a recipe, um, like there was one recently for hypoxia, uh, support of recovery from hypoxia or the effects of hypoxia. And, you know, there's, there's research both in scientific and medical databases that will tell you exactly what frequencies are associated with the effects of hypoxia. Um, so that, you know, there's research done. Um, when we create a recipe, um, you know, we, we identify the background, what the, the intent of the recipe is, what the frequencies of interest are. And so you can really you know, legitimately look and see, okay, where do they come up with this? And it's all documented. So it's, uh, that's part of what we do. And, and, um, you know, some people might only use two or three recipes because mm -hmm. they're, they're happy to get their general wellness Is that wellness true? You one. find that on the yeah. back end? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, and, and if you think about, 
um, businesses like Osteostrong. You know, they're 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 a biohack. They're you know rapidly growing uh, chain. They help uh, increase bone density in seven minutes a week using very cool biohacking technology. Love Osteostrong. Yeah, it's 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 a great product. But but you try and introduce the biocharger in there, and what are you going to do? Drop the a phone book down full of recipes that say so they might only use eight or nine that they'll offer their clients that are geared towards the themes that that they work on so they're into recovery they're into obviously um you know uh, a, uh athletic recovery uh they want to have um you know mental clarity they want to you know maybe the pineal experience they want to boost their uh, adrenals um so you know we'll come up with a suite of recipes uh or uh, what do we call it? A collections? Uh, collection of recipes so that you don't confuse the audience. Um, we have a lot of firepower uh, in terms of what recipes can be used for. It's hard to think of things that recipe, we don't have a recipe for now, but somebody will. They always do. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the idea of helping match the right recipe with you know, person's personal interests is part of what we do and is part of what comes with the system. So I, I don't want to confuse the audience to think that, oh my God, this thing's complicated. It's, you know, we, we walk you through that and then you just pick your, pick your recipe and you're off to the races. It couldn't be easier to use. I guess my curiosity is just around my subjective experience and seeing what does what, because some of them are very calming, like the pineal, the theta, those are definitely ones. If you, Colin, if you go on the back end, you're going to see me using those a lot. Um, and I just find it, I just relax. It helps me with meditation. But there's, I think there's a jet lag one now mm-hmm. in there, right? Mm-hmm. Which I discovered a um, little, maybe a year ago or something. Then the other one I really like for jet lag, I believe it's called Nitro. That one is just like... I, I, I can't run nitro. It's, like, it's yeah. like you just had 10 cups mm-hmm. of coffee. Mm-hmm. And I think with, with technologies like this, I feel pretty good and vital most of the time. So, you know, people ask me, what does it do? Do you feel it? And I go, I don't know. I just have a sense. And based on the research and conversations like this, it's good for me. So I just keep doing it. But when I really notice the effect of things is when I'm really run down. And anytime I fly, that is just ground zero for me feeling like shit almost reliably. Um, But when I get home from the airport, especially when I lived in LA, I mean, just the drive from LAX to your house would wear you out and I'd get home and put on the jet lag one or nitro and I don't know 20 minutes later I'm like I feel a lot better I have so much more energy it's just crazy how effective it is and how noticeable it is especially as I said when you're really run down so I think that's that's for me as the user uh playing around with the different recipes and and listen to your body yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. You know, because I wouldn't, before bed, I would never run nitro, you know? And it's pretty, I think, intuitive when you start playing around with the menu. You can tell which ones are going to be energizing and which ones are going to mm-hmm. be relaxing and you just kind of plan accordingly. Uh, for those people listening, too, I wanted to mention before uh, before we get, you know, tr- start to wrap up this conversation, if anyone's interested in the biocharger you got a nice offer you guys have given the audience, which is $500 off one of these bad boys mm-hmm. uh, by going to biocharger.com slash Luke. And if you enter the code there at Luke, uh, the code Luke, you're going to save 500 bucks. That's uh, biocharger.com slash Luke. Thank you for that. I think that this is, 
a really great tool for people who are into optimization. You know, Tony Robbins, I think, has one in every one of his houses or something. And his jet. <laughs> and his yeah. jet. In the jet? Oh, my, that sounds dangerous. He doesn't like, run it in the jet. Oh, okay. I was like, <laughs> don't, goes, I don't know, Tony. Well, I don't know about yeah. that, but, but no, he, he, he takes it everywhere in the world yeah. that he goes. So I think, you know, people that are able to afford something like this and high performance people, uh, this is good for. But also, I think because of the fact that you can use it for multiple people at the same time, like four to six people at once, it's the kind of thing like a community could go in on. Uh, practitioners, I said, Har Hari has one. Osteo Strong has them. Uh, I think that practitioners and people that have clinics uh, would be great clients for this type of technology. You know, in terms of an investment, because it is what is it, like fourteen thousand dollars or something. Yeah, it's fourteen nine ninety. Yeah, so yeah, this isn't something your everyday person can afford, but it's not. It's not necessary that if someone wanted to get the benefits of that, that they necessarily have to own one. Sure. You know, because they're becoming more widely available. I know there's a few of them here in Austin at different places, for mm -hmm. example. Uh, but I did want to throw that out there for people that are like, okay, I want this uh, because 500 bucks matters. So thank you sure. guys for doing that. Yeah. One, one other thing for your audience that uh, we didn't talk about before, beforehand. I hope you're okay with this. Oh, hey, is, lay it uh, on me. If, if, uh, if they go to um, biocharger.com forward slash Luke, in addition to getting the, the coupon code for a discount, if they're interested in trying a biocharger, someone near them, uh, we have a, a, we call it the charge card. So all you do is fill out a form online and um, they're welcome to go. We'll arrange for them to go to a local establishment near them and try awesome. a free biocharger session. Oh, cool. That's awesome. We know, we know not everyone can afford mm -hmm. to have one, but, yeah. but our, our mission is to try and help, you know, make it affordable for everyone to get to it, whether it's going to a, an osteo strong or we have a lot of local health and wellness, plus many of the national chains you'd be familiar with. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Thank you. I was going to ask that if you had some kind of directory or something like that, that people could use. So cool. Biocharger.com slash Luke. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think with something like this too, I mean, depending on what your situation is, if I was Honestly, if I was really ill, I would I would find a way, personally, this is just me, I'm not telling someone that's ill they have to have this to get well, but I would be on this thing probably two or three times a day. Um, for your average person, I think there's benefits a couple times a week, like you're going to notice improvements in your vitality and the way you feel. So, you know, I don't know that it's necessary that every single person owns one, but if you have access to one, that's really really helpful. And that's what I've been doing here is uh, I have a workout every Sunday at ARX, just kind of a private thing at their um, their headquarters. And I walked in, I was like, oh my God, thank God you guys have a biocharger. Because I'll run the pre-workout before I work out, do an ice bath. Sometimes if I have time, I'll do the post-workout one. And they have, every time I go over there, they got a group of people sitting around this It becomes thing. the campfire. The community. Yeah, campfire. it is. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's actually cool too. You know, I have other things that I really, you know, I love the amp coil and some different technologies. Um, but like right now, my uh, wife-to-be has got a cold. So I run the AMP coil immunity program for her. It's very helpful. But then she's using it. I'm like, I want to use the AMP coil. You know, it's like you'd have to like squeeze together and fit the mm -hmm. coil on each of your abdomens halfway or something. And there's a lot of things like that that are, they sort of isolate you mm -hmm. from the people in your home mm -hmm. and your, you know, the immediate family and stuff like that. You got to go off in another room and it's like just you. But that's one thing that's really cool about this is it's kind of a, a very communal thing. Very, it is like sitting the, around a campfire. The social aspect, we underestimated it. And, and post-pandemic, it's, it's people gravitate toward it because of the social aspect of it as well. And not only just, you know, in these centers, but families. 
people. And we have several clients that might have found out about it through their business or bought one for corporate wellness for their own employees or something. And they're like, wait a second, I could bring this thing home and you know, we never eat a meal together without everyone's phones or whatever, but they biocharge in the morning together before they head off to work in school. And we've seen just a growing audience of that. And, and, and the other thing is, is, you know, biochargers, not the end all be all. There's all types of therapies and great techniques out there and try stacking, you know, they complement each other. One of the things that we hear all the time is that like in osteostrongs, that, that, you know, the bone density that um, they, I forget what they call it, dex, uh, dexometer, uh, dex, it's how they measure bone density. But if they complement biocharger and the equipment that, that they have that, that works on that area, you actually get a better a better effect. So that makes perfect sense. It's a very sense. complementary therapy. Yeah. I mean, if you think about just the PEMF alone, I mm-hmm. mean, there's studies on PEMF and improving bone density and healing. I think sure. in... Uh, horse racing, they use PMF machines yeah. to heal bones oh, yeah. and, and joints and stuff like that yeah. way faster. So that actually makes a lot of sense. If you're someone that struggles with quality of sleep or duration of sleep, your problem might just be light leaking in and informing your brain that it's time to wake up, especially that pesky blue light that might sneak through the windows from street lights outside or any devices you have plugged in in the room. Fact is, your body needs complete darkness if you want to get great sleep. Now, it's not always possible to adjust the room you're in so that it's completely blacked out. So this company called blueblocks.com has solved that problem by creating an incredible sleep mask called the Remedy Sleep Mask. Now, unlike other sleep masks on the market or one you might just pick up randomly on Amazon, this thing is 100% blackout. So it's like sleeping in pitch black darkness, which is what you want. It's also really soft on your face, very comfortable. You can also fully open your eyes while wearing the mask. So this is great people with long eyelashes and also apply zero pressure to the eyes, which I find to be really annoying. I don't want my eyes being smashed when I'm trying to sleep. It's made with super breathable fabric so you don't wake up with a hot and sweaty face. It's also got an adjustable strap, which is really cool. So you can fit it to whatever size your skull happens to be. It also has adjustable eye cups, so you can position them on your face for the perfect fit. Another thing that's really cool is it works for all sleeping styles. So if you sleep on your back, belly, or even on your side, it's flat on the side so it doesn't smash your face and ruin your sleep, which again is the whole point of this thing. So if you're looking for better sleep, if you're waking up frequently, if you're shifting around at night because some light is sneaking through, this can solve that problem. And not only is it good for sleep, I happen to like it a lot for taking a nap during the day or even for meditation, which of course has many benefits, one of which being helping you sleep the following night. So the Remedy Sleep Mask from Blue Blocks is awesome. I highly recommend you check it out. Here's how you do so. Go to blueblocks.com slash lifestylist and use the code lifestylist to save 15%. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X, blueblocks.com slash lifestylist. Lifestylist is also the code for 15% off. Have you guys thought about doing any, um, I know it's difficult, you know, to quantify some things. We're talking about just subjectively, anecdotally, people feeling better, people healing faster from different ailments they have. Have you guys messed around with or will you doing like live blood cell analysis pre and post or HRV or brain waves or any other quantification where someone could like, someone like me could geek out 
and kind of do a before and after? There, uh, I don't understand heart rate variability well enough to tell you, but we've heard that that's a good, that that's one of them. Um, certainly, as Jim mentioned, if you have any type of device that measures your quality of sleep, that that is a distinct, I mean, I, I see, I go from 25% restful sleep to 50% restful sleep. Are you serious? Uh, Damn. And, and, yeah, consistently on that. And, and I mean, it's whether I'm on the road or not. I mean, last week we were in, we were in Miami and one of the nights I biocharged before we came back up and, you know, sleep improved. Next night didn't do it. Sleep was horrible. But uh, I love, see, I love the quantification, mm-hmm. all the different stuff I do. I like to see, I just got this thing called a, a happy. It's a little magnetic coil that goes around your neck or on your head and they've been able to identify the frequency of non-covalent bonds in nature so they take like a caffeine molecule or a cbd molecule uh, etc and they've been able to identify it's this crazy radar from the navy it's super bizarre they got like 21 patents but anyway they can mimic um a molecule that you would take um, exogenously, mm-hmm. but you don't have to, they're just signaling molecules, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So the molecules don't do anything to you per se. They tell your body to do stuff. So they've got this little thing. And so they have a, a deep sleep thing that is um, that mimics melatonin. It's the exact frequency signature of melatonin. And I thought, I don't know, this sounds a little, mm-hmm. yeah, sounds a little woo-woo. But man, I put that thing under my pillow and I run it for eight hours. And like you said, I look at my aura ring, my deep sleep scores are consistently higher than if I don't use it. Mm-hmm. Of course, if you know it's under your pillow, there's a potential for yes. some placebo, yeah. you know. Hey, so as it works. I, I love placebo. I don't <laughs> care. But I mean, this is like absolutely for sure making my scores go up. But I haven't tested that with a biocharger. That's a good idea. That- what are you doing with your uh, scores? Let's talk shop here. Are you doing uh, like the Theta or what do you do on yeah, those I nights? Do, I do Theta. Um, one of them that I did, you know, and actually my wife is very, um, she loves this one. I, I know it's going to be a good night when she says, let's do Nirvana. Um, but that just, that takes the stress out. Um, so, you know, end of day, I mean, we, we do different, um, um, one, one that I, I've noticed is, uh, we did, we have a detox, several detoxification, um, recipes, but I did one for parasites and had, um, was doing it with a chiropractor who has live blood microscopy. Ah. And so we both, we both, uh, did the, you know, drew, drew blood initially and looked at what it, what, what it looked like and then biocharged and then did it after. Um, he was quite proud of his blood and that it was, uh, there wasn't a lot of coagulation. He said, yeah, there's some oxidative stress, but for my age, that's minimal. By the way, we were about the same age. And then he said, yeah, there's parasites, you know? And I, I go, what do you mean parasites? He goes, you eat sushi? I go, yeah, because you got parasites. So, um, and then we came back after we did that and his coagulation had separated um, you could definitely see more movement and oscillation in there. And for whatever reason, the parasites were like moving towards the outer edges of the of what I was seeing. With mine, the blood looked great. He was like, mm, there's a parasite. No, it's not. And he kept trying to dial in and find, couldn't find anything. Um, there was no coagulation and my blood was oscillating like, like that before. And then I went and did it after, and he goes, well, there was no change. I said, 
because I buy out charge every day. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, that's but cool. that was that was I mean, not that everyone yeah. could go to that extent, but that was a really yeah. interesting eye opener for me and and for mm-hmm. him as well. Oh, the live blood cell yeah. analysis stuff's cool. That's why I was wondering that. There were uh, years ago I was at a conference and I did something called the Magnetico, and it's a magnetic pad that you sleep on. And he just had one on a massage table, this guy, Dr. Dean Bromley, who's a really incredible expert on magnetism. And so it's not plugged in anything. It's not PMF. It's just a static magnetic field. I don't know how to explain it scientifically, but essentially like the the Earth's magnetic field, Mm -hmm. right, that's now diminished because of, you know, various solar influences, et cetera. Anyway, they pricked my finger, took my blood, uh, then I went and laid on this, I mean, just this static, all I did was lay on a magnet for like 15 minutes They got off and it was that same thing. My bud beforehand, the red blood cells are kind of clumped together and stacked up and looked all ugly, lay on this thing, look at the blood after, and they're just beautifully spaced and vibrant and just pristine. I thought, holy shit, mm-hmm. laid down $12,000 on the spot. <laughs> and I've been sleeping on that thing ever since. I mean, this has gone back, God, probably 15 years, wow. you know? That was all I needed. The seeing is believing. You know, I think that's what's fun with some of this stuff. If we can find ways to quantify mm-hmm. it, then you know it's you know it's not just I don't know. I think I feel it. You know, you, you're seeing signals from your body that something positive is happening. Mm-hmm. Except in your case, because you biocharge too much. I had a geeky question for you guys. Uh, so I just you know bought this house as I was telling you earlier, and um, due to my negative experience with EMF in the past, I decided to shield my whole bedroom. Uh, so it's it's shielded from all RF. It's grounded. The whole thing's basically a Faraday cage, which I know uh, <laughs> JG wouldn't approve of because I'm cutting off all cosmic energy in addition to that. That's another conversation. But one thing I did in a couple of the rooms, and why I'm asking this is because the room I'm planning to put the biocharger in, I didn't um, shield it because it's like an open loft. So there's no way to shield RF or radio frequencies. But what I did is I shielded the walls with a, a low frequency paint and then shielded the floor because there's lighting fixtures underneath. So basically I'm blocking off all the 60 Hertz EMF in the room. So no matter where you are in the room, you're not exposed to that that consistent 60 Hertz. And I thought, man, that's going to be our meditation kind of ceremony room. And I was thinking of putting the biocharger in that room, probably in the center of the room. Do you see any reason why that wouldn't be a, a good idea to put it in a room that's grounded and shielded from electric fields um as long as you're up high enough off the ground if you had on the ground that would be a big issue but the up you know so if it's up like this one i don't Mm -hmm. think that that would interfere yeah Mm -hmm. no problem not not too close and we we actually have practitioners that use that shielded type of paint to uh shield off some of the unintended uh you know broadcast of it so it keeps everything within the room so that's not a problem at all oh they're doing it to contain the biocharger well, frequencies well for the other say for instance you have a somebody sitting on the other side of the desk uh, other side of the wall you know that's running 24 hours a day next to it that uh, just to that's alleviate not, oh, concerns okay. not about that, out the room so yeah so it's just it's blocking that so it doesn't go to the next room there the only thing you will be concerned about is it the paint yeah so if it's the paint and it's grounded, and it's you're close enough to the biocharger, and you touch that paint. Well, the paint's going to be covered with other latex paint. Yeah, but it's still it's not going to be enough of an insulation to. Uh, okay. There could be a possibility if I was if I was like this close to the biocharger, and I was leaning up against the wall, you'd probably feel a little yeah, shock. It's a good ground you, plane. It's like you're yeah. touching the little screw on the. Oh on really? The switch. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But yeah. if I if I have the 
low frequency shielding on the floor. Then I put wood floors on top of that. They're like engineered wood sure. floors. Will I have any problem if I'm like barefoot on the wood floors that are grounded underneath or are they not conductive? Well, it, like for instance, in our office, we have that uh, pergo type flooring on cement and uh, it's not arcing. I don't feel anything ever going through the, through the wood or anything else. Okay. Like that. Because I have had issues before where this biocharger is in a concrete room, mm-hmm. yeah. and I and I had my uh, Earth Runner grounded sandals on. It's a li- it starts stinging a little <laughs> bit, you know. I'm like, ah, pins and needles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't does not feel good. So you you don't want to be then grounded and be in this field. No, you'd want to have rubber shoes on and and not touching something that's grounded. Yeah, you get more of an induced field. Um, or that induced voltage, I should say, on there. Um, and, and I think that that helps quite a bit. It actually increases the voltage. Um, one of my experiments a long time ago, I accidentally discovered I was, uh, there's a way that uh, <laughs> there's like good. a little um, lint that was on top of a wood-burning stove. And when I put my hand near it while I was running near the biocharge, I could stand it up a few inches away from it. And then I went up on a milk crate. And I was able to do the same thing a couple of feet away from it. So the amount of induced voltage that was going in my body was much higher. And I also like to look at the, the bird on the power line too. You know, why is that bird on the power line not getting shocked? It's because it's insulated up off the ground. So Oh, I uh, always wondered that. Now you I, see squirrels going across the power line. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. So if you brought a ground wire up to them, you'd, you'd smoke them pretty quick. Really? But, uh, uh, the fact that they're up off the ground and there's no other ground around and it's just that high tension wire is what prevents them from really getting shocked all right for for the the two engineers in the room i got a question for you here there is an endless debate and we're kind of going off the reservation here so just forgive me these are just questions i've been dying to ask someone smart there's a lot of debate in the in the world of grounding and earthing right you have these different grounding mats i have my grounding sandals like everyone in the health scene kind of knows like we're meant to be touching the ground our entire life think about it like with the exception of birds in flight every living being is grounded to the dc current on the planet 24 7 the whole time they're alive except our dumb asses with our rubber shoes and rubber tired cars and stuff so people are really into grounding my theory is that grounding is probably great when you're in nature, but not so much when you're exposed to an electric field. Because fundamentally, I would think, like, say I'm grounded right here, but there's a, uh, an AC current, a 60 hertz current in the environment. To me, that current's now going to find me and use me as the ground, and now I'm the conduit where I'm actually getting some level of stress from that current going through me to find the ground. Versus grounding outside where there's no electric field like there would be in nature. Do you think there's any uh, detriment to grounding when you're in an electric field or an EMF field? You, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to answer because it depends on what's an electric field. Um, to give you an example, um, back in South Africa, when we did some work on power stations. There were big signs on, on the fence. And I can't remember the exact numbers. Don't, when you walk, don't step bigger than one and a half feet. Of course, I had to step bigger than one and a half feet. And yeah, I got a belt and a half because one foot's grounded. I'm lifting up my body's charging. I put the next foot down. Um, but when you, when, you, when you have those closer steps and like shuffling, um, you're reducing the time your foot is up. And you, you, in that case, you're kind of keeping the body grounded, um, which, which is maybe a little different to what, you, you know, what you're saying there. But that grounding works 
Um, and if, if you allow yourself to come up and then be grounded, you're going to feel it. You know, likewise, if, if you do it over large distances where there's a big, huge potential, you're going to notice it and you're going to feel it. And you know, like JG was saying, that if, if you ground, you know, insulate yourself from like the concrete floor, you're going to get more effect as opposed to less effect when you're grounded because you're drawing some of it out your body. What that thing's doing is it's a transmitter and it's looking for ground. Right. It wants ground. So that's why in front of the biocharger, you would get shocked if you're grounded. Well, well, you, I, th- I think you'd be you, you'd be running it through your skin because it's gonna right. follow. It's gonna follow the surface. Ah, uh, okay. That's yeah, why you yeah. feel like that. Still, don't yeah, do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, but, you're, 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 even if you even if you if even if you're not grounded, you're still gonna feel it because it's still got those those currents and stuff running, right. you know, on your skin. But it's it's the way I I think it's the way it flows. It's called the skin effect, and it runs, you know, basically in the skin and not running, not going in. Um, right. And I think that's I think that's why you see the difference when you insulate yourself versus not insulate yourself but it, it's so subjective to humidity temperature power levels right right uh what do you think about that about the gr- to ground or not to ground uh, i think that there's definitely benefits into grounding just from the electron flow mm-hmm. um there there's enough evidence that supports the idea of grounding but the idea of grounding is typically you're trying to get your feet somehow make the connection whether it's yeah. with the shoes where they run just a a a, a conductive wire plate that you're connected to constantly that you're making that connection along there. Um, that's, yeah, I, I think that that's very beneficial. Some of the other grounding, you know, when they're dealing shielding type of grounding, you know, that's, that's a whole nother story for me, just because I, I think that, you know, we're blocking that natural stuff when we do that mm-hmm. versus the, um, the, you know, the, you're definitely blocking the unnatural stuff, the man-made stuff, but you're also blocking that natural part. And that's that's a big right. concern. And there was a, a great study that was done at Max Planck Institute. It was a 20-year study that they had two separate buildings. One that had that outstanding grounding, shielded environment, and the other one that wasn't. And they found within a week's time, day's time, that was changing physiological effects uh, going on between shielding and non-shielding. So that's part of... Uh, one of the reasons why I'm not a big fan of having that full body blocking type of stuff is just because of that very reason. God damn it. You could have just saved me a bunch of money. <laughs> I'm still betting on blocking the EMS is better in my particular case than, you know, losing some of that. I guess if I have the biocharger, I can go recharge and get those energies back. That's it. But uh, what I was asking about with the earthing, um, is based on, okay, if you're exposed to a 60 hertz field, like if I'm next to that wall and that outlet over there, right, and you do a skin voltage test on me, you're going to see a charge coming off the wall and it's going to be finding me. If I step on a grounding mat, it'll drop that body voltage to zero. But I think why it's dropping the voltage to zero is because now I'm the ground and that current's running through me. So it seems to me it would make more sense to ground when you're not next to that field. That's what I was getting at. Does that make sense to you? Yeah. JG? Yes. yes. I mean, ideally, and I'm asking because a lot of people sit at their computers and a bunch of, in front of a bunch of technology and stuff plugged in, they're in a massive electric field and they're grounding and going like, my skin voltage says zero. And I'm like, yeah, that's because you're the ground now. You want to be the bird on the wire. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) So if we're in an electric field, then okay, the bird on the wire. Perfect. Well, thanks for that uh, little segue there. I appreciate that because these are some things I just sit around and wonder. And then you try to look it up online and there's all these different forums and people arguing that are probably not qualified at all like you guys are. Um, 
We're just about to wrap it up, but I want to ask if people want to learn more about these types of technologies. I mean, there's so much more to learn about the history of it. And you guys, um, you know, and the resources on your site, name a couple of the people that we've discussed here. But what are a couple books that people might be able to pick up if they want to understand voltage and PMF and noble gases and, and the, the right frequencies and all the stuff that you guys have put together in the biocharger? What would be some great, like, solid resources for people? Voltage is Healing, Tenant's book, is it, it's, it's a tough read. I mean, it's, I don't know if you've seen it, but it's pretty, it, it gets pretty detailed. Uh, or the videos around it where he's getting the concepts across. That, that That's one that pretty much fascinated me and opened my eyes. Okay. Um, the Secret of Life by George Zolhovsky, mm-hmm. written in the early 30s. That was probably one of the biggest influences for me. Uh, he detailed some of the, the scientific evidence and his theories in it. And then there was uh, also the subsequent experiments. I, I guess also the question is, is are they looking more of the technological side or more of the historical side, which will drive different sources to it? I mean, there's plenty of books about Royal Rife and his life. Uh, the Cancer Cure that worked was a, a good story about the account of um, Royal Rife. But, uh, you know, Walter Russell was a big, I was a big fan as far as uh, he was a, a big proponent of the noble gases. Uh, he was researcher back in the 30s and 40s. That was another person. And then Tesla had a number of different uh, uh, books that he had written, I think, that are really very informative. Um, that's about it for me. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'd agree with The Secrets of Life um, and maybe even take it a step further. Uh, we tend to not Google. Uh, we'll go to – is it Scholar or Scholarly? Scholar Google. Scholar.google.com. That doesn't guarantee, but you get less of, you know, everyone's an expert kind of, you know, topics <laughs> out there. Um, yeah, so we find that a very good resource. And then a simple thing when you do your searches, um, specify that your file type must be PDF. Um, if people take the effort to create it and publish it as PDF, you know, then it's not just a blog post that's sitting in text. Um, it's, it tends to be… It's a good idea. Yeah, it's, it's kind of to help separate those two, but we find the scholar.google… Yeah, you know, he's definitely a good filter. Cool. Wow, that's a great resource. I never thought yeah, of that. But, that, you know, you're right. Usually if you find some legitimate research or study, it is going to be a PDF. It's a PDF. They don't yeah, want it filled yeah. with, you know, they want it there. Yeah, because um, any any jerk can just go on a blog and like, it, 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 this yeah. is my opinion. Uh, right? I hate to say, everyone's an expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, especially now, I mean, out, there are a lot of citizen scientists kind mm-hmm. of like myself mm-hmm. who are, are out there doing mm-hmm. that. Um, I don't think I would ever try to claim that I did a scientific paper of any type, but uh, yeah, that's a really good resource. Thank you for that. And uh, I want to uh, ask you guys, what what's next? I mean, if you, you know, I know JG, you come up with ideas and then Colin mm-hmm. sees them to fruition in the engineering and then Jim finds a way to make people know about it and runs the business. If you guys could do anything with Biocharger, what would you want to do? Or what what do you have coming down the pike that's uh, that's interesting and innovative? So one one of the things from my side that, I, that I'm busy with is um, kind of building the, um, the next platform level. So this is you know, Biocharger NG, next generation. Um, what we're putting a lot of effort into now is NG Pro. Um, and that, that's more for, the, more for the professional user, as the word pro would you know, hint at, uh, where you've got more the concept of a membership scheme, you know, different collections, how to manage, as opposed to the, the current Biocharger, is a Biocharger and an owner. 
you know, so the next level is taking this to um, like a membership concept. How can you go to different locations, run your recipe? You know, how do you track that whole lot through? So, I, you know, I, I think it's something that's needed. Um, we're in discussions with, you know, some of our clients are using that environment so that we can learn. I, I don't even know what I don't know at this stage, you know, on yeah, that topic. Yeah. So, um, but that that's a pretty exciting one. So, you know, in, in the lab, I'm kind of working on, you know, the frameworks to build that and then start discussing with our clients, you know, to start bringing that to fruition and better understand it. Cool. Awesome. The beauty of that, by the way, is same hardware platform. Mm -hmm. It's all it's all enhancements through software. So, you know, as much as we love to sell biochargers, you'll never have to buy one just because the last one went obsolete on you. Yeah, because you guys have had the same model, the NG, for quite a while now, right? Yeah. I think that is one thing. I mean, I'm happy for innovation, but some of the different products that come out, red light therapy devices, whatever they might be, mm -hmm. you get it and you're like, oh my God, this thing's so cutting edge. This is badass. And then a year later, it's like there's new hardware and mm -hmm. yours still works, but it doesn't have some of the innovations mm -hmm. and, and, and bells and whistles of the new stuff. I think that's the advantage of having just set hardware, works solid, never breaks, mm -hmm. does what you want it to do. And then the innovations come on the software yeah. side yeah. so and, that the yeah. customer's not asked out when they want a new one. Like if you guys made a new biochargeer right now, I would automatically want the newest one, you know, just because it's newer. Yeah, and, and and there's benefits people don't you know don't realize or think of is uh, we do our production in San Marcos. Um, it's, it's a right fully qualified ice, uh, next door neighbors, um, great crowd, and the the effort that's gone in, into the management of quality. You know what people don't understand: quality doesn't necessarily bring you a good product. Quality means it's consistently the same. It could be consistently poor, could be consistently good. Yeah. Um, but the what we've committed to on a, a production side, the manufacturing, that everyone that rolls out is the same quality. Everyone is tested. Everyone is burnt in for so many hours. Um, so having the ability to keep the same hardware, you know, the, the same components as far as supplies allow us in this new world of ours, um, yeah, that helps us maintain that quality. If, if we if we had, you know. A hundred different models out there, all doing the same thing. That just becomes a nightmare. So by streamlining it and making it, it's not just that we can roll out new features; it's we can roll out new features and still keep the quality that we've got. Right, right, yeah. Uh, this I, I get the sense from when I put mine back together yesterday. I was mm -hmm. going, yeah, I don't think these guys are just making this thing in China in a sweatshop. <laughs> you know, it's it's super solid. Yeah, yeah. There are cheaper ways to make it. Yeah, I bet. That, that's not what like we do. called outside of the United States. <laughs> But that's funny that you guys are right here in Texas. Mm -hmm. That just was that fortuitous that you, I mean, you had already you had already I, living I was, here. I was already living. You already living here when you met these guys. And did did the production uh, happen in Texas because you were here and it was um, you could you, get you, there? You know, it's 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 an, the age old thing. You know, is it good luck? Is it good fortune? Or is it kind of where you know, where they all intersect? And and I think that was a bit of you know, where it all intersected. Um, we were fortunate enough um, that. Some of the people we introduced it to assist us with this, you know, from the network that I knew, you know, it, it really worked. Um, the, the Ember Manufacturing was one of the crowds that were rec you know, recommended for us. And it allowed us that if we do it in the US, if the product demands ever got that big, that we needed to go, you know, like to make, there's some fantastic manufacturing plants in Mexico, we could do that. But let's keep it just as long as we can, keep the production, keep the quality like we want. And it's a 45-minute drive if there's an issue that I need to go to. And, you know, I, I, I see them at least once every month. 
Sometimes it's just a surprise inspection. Other times it's taking a potential client they want to see the production. Um, and you know, to give you an example, I would say it's about four years ago, three years ago, when we had the sales team go to Ember, mm-hmm. um, and you know, people would have there was something they would see and they say, "Ah, we don't think Ember did it right." Then I'd say, "No, somebody did something." You know, that they're not being honest about. And once they went and saw the production facilities and how it was manufactured, their questions never arisen. Um, we, we, we had a potential client come and look at it and he said, I'm sold. I, I know the production. You know, just, just looking at the setup without even – when he saw the um, working process and the documentation and the control mechanism, he was just sold because he said, if that one works, I know every one of them is working. What what's the difference between uh, back in the eighties, Jim's garage and your manufacturing facility now? <laughs> I mean, when you go in there, is it super sterile? And, oh, it, and, it, it, oh it, yeah. it, it it's sterile. Right. It's it's white coats. Well, the whole yeah, deal. Yeah, huh? it's, it's insulated. Yeah, fully automated. Yeah, I mean, fully a lot automated. of automation. It's uh, we actually uh, just created a. Um, uh, video on our YouTube channel, how the biochargers made, and it's oh cool. If, if you're into engineering or design or quality, you got to look at it. It's pretty. Oh, that's pretty great. Cool. We'll yeah. link to that in the show notes. Yeah, I'd love to. If you ever want someone to tag along, I'd no, love to. Yeah, I'll happily. Take I'd you. love to see that. I'm I'm like one of those geeks. I watch those shows like how it's made. Mm-hmm. Any kind of widget, I'd like. No, it's, it's fascinating. You to know see, what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, sewer covers on the street. Like mm-hmm. I'm the guy that will watch them pour <laughs> the mold. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm like, how do they do that? It's so heavy. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's very cool. Uh, did I miss you guys on any innovations or ideas, big dreams of like what you'd like to see down the road? Well, I think with the innovation wise, you know, Colin and when fortuitously thinking asked those questions at the very beginning. What is it that I wanted? He gave me my I I had the opportunity to create the wish list, and we built that into it. We haven't released some of it, but you know, a lot of that innovation still hidden in the biocharger right, waiting to be released. So it isn't just a matter of uh, we haven't had any ideas and, you know, we're not going to be moving forward with uh, different approaches. Uh, now it's just a matter of, you know, making it happen. But we, we, Colin was smart enough to think about what we want to do in the future. What is it the thing that we really want to accomplish and then made it happen. You know, I, I made my list and, I, I can't see anything to really make it any better, personally. Oh, that's cool. You're stoked, man. Oh, I'm totally <laughs> you stoked. You scored. Yeah. It, it, both of these guys were a score, in my p- opinion. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just been a, a heck of a ride. Uh, you know, Colin and I have established a, a really good relationship. We both think the same way when it comes to you know, how we do our testing, you know, embracing the mistakes and really learning from all our different things that we do to really make this just an outstanding product. So the idea of just uh, always being on top of it, just to make sure that we are um, making that reliable, consistent project product is what it's all about. Awesome, man. Well, I think we did it, guys. I want to remind the audience, you can go to biocharger.com slash Luke, where you can get a $500 discount. Or as uh, Jim Law said, you can also get a coupon to go try the biocharger for free. If we can find one near where you live, which is very cool. So thank you for doing that. Oh, you bet. Um, fun to hang out with you guys today. I could yeah, go on forever, yeah, as yeah. you can tell. <laughs> nice. I have a million questions. Thank you so much for indulging me and the audience today, man. I love this technology. Uh, I can't imagine not having one, honestly. I'm so stoked. And 
I'm really in gla- I'm glad also that I was inspired to go set mine up in the garage and get it going again. Just kind of waiting until I got in the house and everything looked pretty. And when you guys uh, were coming out here, I thought, you know what, I got to get it going again. So I'll be sitting in my gross, <laughs> you know, garage uh, for the time being, having my biocharger sessions. But man, thanks so much for your work um, and creating something so cool and useful for people. And it's lovely to meet you as well. And uh, until next time, I bid you a farewell. Yeah, we appreciate it. We appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thanks so much, guys. As we bring this episode to a close, I want to give you a sincere debt of gratitude for listening to the Lifestylist podcast. And if you dug this chat, please take a moment to text it to a couple of friends right now. Most of the podcast apps these days are making that easy. You'll find something on your screen there that allows you to click and share the link to this specific episode. So that would be greatly appreciated. Then prepare me to join me for next week's show, number 362. Oh my God, this one is incredible, folks. Our guest, Kimberly Ann Johnson, talks about somatic experiencing, birth, sex, and trauma. It's absolutely fascinating, if I don't say so myself, with all due credit, of course, to the guest. But wait, there's more. We're finally getting back in the groove with in-person speaking appearances for which I am extremely excited, man. It's been a long year and a half or whatever it's been with everyone working on Zoom and trying to create online summits and things like that. And uh, that's great. But honestly, there's nothing like meeting in person. One of my favorite things in the world is to go do my speaking gigs and have the opportunity to meet so many of you in person, man, and give you a hug and say, what's up? high fives, human connection, all those things that make life worth living. So we're starting to rev up the events again. So far, this is what we've got on deck. You can catch me at the following events. Modern Nirvana, August 14th, 2021 in Austin, Texas, along with Deepak Chopra, Kat Graham, and Dave Asprey. Allison and I will be doing a talk on how to have a healthy, spiritually centered relationship. Then this fall, I'll be at Meet Delic, November 6th and 7th in Las Vegas with Duncan Trussell, Dr. Chris Ryan, Aubrey Marcus, Jason Silva, and my Allison Charles, and a grip of other experts in the emerging third wave of psychedelics and plant medicine healing. So I'm really excited about those two events. To get your tickets, go to lukestory.com events. And with that, my friends, I'm going to tune out and see you next week with Kimberly Ann Johnson. Mm-hmm.